Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. I just want you to set your hearts right now towards the Lord. Put away the distractions. What happened last week, what maybe you dread coming up this next week. Let's just put our hearts and our minds towards the Lord right now. You're so worthy, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that there's healing in this place today. If you're in need of a physical healing, would you just lift up your hands? I know we kind of prayed over something similar. But if you're in need of a physical healing right now, the power of the Lord is present. Just lift up your hands today. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would meet your people right where you're at, right where they're at. God, we thank you that your word says that you carried our sicknesses, you bore our diseases. And so right now, Lord, would you take that? We give it to you, Lord. For those that are suffering from fear and anxiety of our future, right now, Lord, we pray that there would be a peace that surpasses understanding that guards their hearts and minds. Just right now, the Bible says that to make your request be made known to God. In order to have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, let it be made with thanksgiving and ask the Lord what you need. So right now, I just want you to thank the Lord for all that he, he's brought you through. And this is one thing you can be sure of, that he did not bring you this far to leave you here. I feel Jesus on that today, that he did not bring you this far to leave you here so you can know and you can be set free by the fact that if you're here, you're still breathing, he's still working. Amen? He's still working in your life. Today's not the end. He's still working. So we thank you, Lord. You're still working. I just want you to open up your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 47 today. And uh, if you've sat down and you're able to stand, I want you to keep standing as we as we jump into the Word today. This is going to kind of prelude what we're going to be talking about today. Frankly, this, I think this is the last week where we're going to be into the current. And I feel like there was one thing that God wanted our church to keep in mind, that we never get out of the current. We continue to have outrageous obedience in the Lord. But there's one thing you have to do, and you have to remain. you got to remain. You can't move on. You can't. It's not transactional where you use God to get a certain better feeling about yourself or about life. It's really just remaining with God. And so Ezekiel 47 verse 12, and we don't have this for the screens. I'm just going to read it to kind of lead up to our, our, our main scripture verse today. Ezekiel 47 verse 12 talks about these fruit trees that are by the river. It says that fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit. Amen to that. 
right? Every month, it's even when it's March and it's snowing, they will bear fruit, all right? Every month they'll bear fruit. Why? Because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. It flows to them because they're on the bank. It flows to them because they decided to remain. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This is evidently a, a vision that Ezekiel had of the river that we find flowing from the temple of God in Revelation chapter 22. But I think it's also a picture of who Jesus is. He says, Jesus says, out of him will flow streams of living water. Jesus refers to himself as the source and also refers to himself as the vine. And we are the branches. And I want to open up to John chapter 15 today. And we have this one on the screen. John chapter 15, verse 4. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Jesus said this. He said, remain in me. And I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Today I'm going to be talking to you about the topic, remember to remain. Let's remember to remain this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. God, right now I pray that you would speak through me today. Help me to get out of the way. Help me to communicate this to your people just as you spoke it to me. God, as you're reminding us today to remember to remain, God, we set our eyes on you and our hope is in you today. May you speak to us. And right now, church, would you all just open up your hands this morning and say these words after me? Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Would you all put your hands together for the word of God this morning? Come on. Make your way to your seat today. Remember to remain. Remember to remain. I'm glad that we have this reminder from Jesus to tell us to remain in him. You know, because he's, he's looking for us to bear fruit, fruit of many kinds to be able to help the people of this world. He's calling us to remain in him. So I think a lot of people have a lot of endeavors in life, and a lot of people, they, they almost get to a point where they use Jesus to get to where they want to be, uh, but then they forget to remain in him, and really what they do is they produce fruit that isn't in line with fruit of the kingdom of God. You see, it's our goal to produce fruit, not just fruit, not just any kinds of fruit, but everlasting fruit. And in order to produce everlasting fruit, we have to remain in Jesus. We have to remain in step with the Holy Spirit. We have to remain with God. See, I've been following Jesus for upwards, I would say, full, like, devoted to my life. About 15 years ago when I was 17, I, I've known about Jesus my whole life. I was raised in a Christian home, but at some point, I actually had to make the decision in my life to be planted in the things of God, to be rooted in the things of God, to remain, give my life over to Jesus, not just give my life over to him, but to make him my actual daily pursuit. I had to make that choice. Can I tell you that you have to make that choice to make 
God your daily pursuit. And what I found, though, over the last 15 years is that there's things in my life that I tend to figure out, but the moment I figure something out, it feels like there's something else right around the corner that I need to figure out. And this is indicative of our personalities, even as our human nature, that we try to figure everything out. Why? So that nothing can surprise us. We believe that we eventually can follow God so closely or, or get everything so figured out that eventually we might be able to get to the place where, and we don't say this out loud, but maybe it's in our heart, where we don't actually need God. And we may think that, hey, well, I'm doing good now, God, and so I don't necessarily know if I need that whole Jesus thing. Now, we would never say that, but maybe our actions would say that. And I think it's very similar to parents. Like, put it this way, if you have kids or if you had one kid, you start to figure out that kid, and, and now you're like, man, this parenting thing is easy. And you know they have a different season in life, and you figure out that other season, and you're like, you know what? I think we got this figured out. So you have this great idea, and you say to your spouse, let's have another one. Only to find out that this other child is completely different, almost from a different universe than your first child. See, you thought you had it all figured out, only to be blindsided at the fact that this is a completely different person and it takes a completely different approach to raise them in the things of God. All my parents out there, let me hear you this morning. That's how it is. I got four kids. Evelyn was so easy. Winston was hard, but now he's so easy. Nora was hard, but now she's so easy. Margaret is hard, and I'm believing. No, no, no. She's so easy. And the moment I get one figured out, it feels like the other one is going into a new season of life. Eva just turned seven, and now she's no longer a, a child. She's a young lady, and, and she's moving into a new season. Can I tell you the same way as parenting new, other kids, they go into different seasons. It's the same for your life in that you will never really actually have your life figured out. And I'm thankful for Philippians 1.6. It says this, that we are confident in this, and Paul says this, he is about the church at Philippi, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. I'm thankful that I don't have to know what to expect in the future. I'm thankful that even though I have my proclivities and my shortcomings, I'm thankful that God is still at work in me. And can I tell you today that God is still at work in you? But you can stop his work the moment that you remove yourself from being in the vine. That's why it's important that you remain in the vine. Remain in him as he is in you. Because what worked yesterday won't always work today and won't always work tomorrow. And we find this in the Bible. It talks about the Old Testament. It talks about the law. The law has its reasons. It has its purposes. It had its purpose to show us that we could not do it on our own. That's what the law was for. It was more to, so to reflect us that, hey, even on your best day, you don't have it all figured out. The law is perfect, but we are flawed. And I hope that we realize that one day we will never have it all figured out. One day we'll be in heaven where it's all figured out. But even while we're here on earth, can I tell you today that we won't always have it figured out. And write this down today. This is, this is what I want you to get, to get across from this message today. Your destination is not your destiny. Can I tell you that your perfection will not come this side of heaven? 
As much as you want it to happen this side of heaven, it will elude you. Why? Because there's an important thing that we need to take home today, that we need to remain in him and him in us, not use him for us to actually produce fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Your destination is not your destiny. What am I talking about? I'm not saying that heaven, heaven, cool. Heaven is the goal. Yeah, that's great. But you're still alive here on earth. And what I want to be able to do is, one, to be able to get to heaven, you first got to give your life over to Jesus. You got to be able to confess your sins. This Bible says that confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That is all great. And I believe heaven is our destination. Yes. But we're still on earth. And what I want to do is not necessarily give you a blueprint on how to live in heaven. That's all going to be taken care of. What I want to be able to do is teach you how do we live here on earth? So when I say your destination is not your destiny, many times here on earth, we are waiting for the perfection, the perfect to come. But this side of heaven, it will always elude us. That's why it's important that we remain in him. What I find is many are waiting for a destination, an end result. But what if the actual purpose in our life was walking with God and not actually achieving or doing something for God? Now, I need some help to illustrate this today. I need three able-bodied men today. You need to be able to carry someone on your back. And I need you to lift up your hand today if you're wanting to come up on stage and you're wanting to give an illustration. If you're not, I'm just going to start picking people out. All right. All right. Brett Conrad, I'm picking you out. Come on. Come up here. Emmanuel, I want you to come up here. Emmanuel and Thomas, I want you to come up here as well. Everyone, put your hands together for these guys today. Come on, come on. Hurry up, hurry up. Come up this way, come up this way, come up this way. I want to give you an illustration today on what it means to be, to remain in him, to remain in him, uh, rather than being obsessed with the destination, but to love the journey. And I went to a Bible internship and they had me do this thing that I'm going to have the privilege of sharing with you today. And so I want you all to stand right over here. Stand right over here, Brett. And I want to kind of lead you guys in what this was. All right. So here's the rule. I have something for you three to accomplish. Now here's the deal. At any point of this journey, one of you needs to be on the other person's back and you all three need to be touching each other at the same time. So I want you to find out right now who's going to be the one on the other person's back. Who's going to be the one on the person's back? All right, so Thomas. Thomas. Brett, are you going to be able to carry Thomas? Probably, he says. All right, no back problems or anything like that? No, all right. All right, okay, so Thomas, go ahead. Get on Brett's back. Emmanuel, you have to be touching them at all times, right? Just one of them. You just have to be touching one of them. Oh, and then here's, here's the catch. Here's the catch. All right. So Thomas cannot hear. All right. Thomas is not able to hear. Okay. Emmanuel cannot see. So you got to tie that. I'm not going to be a... <laughs> he just takes off the glasses. He's like, all right, he can't see. All right, put him right there. For the sake of the illustration. All right. And Brett... Can I do this? Am I going to get canceled for this? Let me just put it on very general here. There you go. And Brett cannot talk. Now, for you three working together, I need you 
to get for me these three things. Okay? Emmanuel can talk, but he can't see. Thomas can talk and see, but he can't hear. Brett can hear and see, but he can't talk. Can you guys get these three things for me? Go for it. Go grab those three things for me. You're all right. That's all right. You're all right. You're all right. You're all right. So how are you going to get that? Don't go down the stairs. Don't go down the stairs. Don't go that way. <laughs> you might need to get someone's help. You might have to yell at some people. Matt didn't fill out his connect card. <laughs> Do not fall off the stage. This is not going to work. All right. All right. Okay. Now what do you have to do? All right. Good job, guys. You can put each other down today. All right. All right, Thomas, you, could, you probably couldn't hear anything, bro, could you? <laughs> All right, I want you guys to share, okay, with, yeah, put the glasses back on. Don't lose those. <laughs> now, I want you guys, I want to ask you a question. With what you were doing, it took a lot of teamwork, right? It took a lot of coordination. Thomas was able to lead Emmanuel. Emmanuel was able to talk, but he couldn't see anything. He was just depending on Thomas to be able to direct him. And I want you to kind of put it into perspective how eventful the journey was. But when you handed it to me, it was really just something simple. All you really did was give me what I asked for. Something very simple. And what I want you guys to see and everyone listening here today is that the destination is one thing. But you have to learn how to enjoy the journey. You got to learn how to love the journey. I want to ask you, and you, you got to say what I need you to say, otherwise it's not going to prove my point, right? Was it overwhelming or underwhelming handing me the objects? Underwhelming. I'd say underwhelming. I'd say underwhelming. Compared to the journey, right? All right, you can all put your hands together for, for Brett, Thomas, and Emmanuel today. You guys, uh, we'll hand you a treat as you guys head off, off stage. I might be asking you up later, so just be ready. Um, we're going to throw the blindfold back on you guys. But really, that's, that's an illustration that I, I had to do when, when I was in an internship. Now, the thing is, is that you weren't allowed to, you could only put the person down if you were carrying them. Uh, you could not be moving unless there was someone on the other person's back. And what I found is that we went through this whole building. It was like a 40,000 square foot building. And uh, we had to collect all these different things. And then we had to bring them to uh, one of our directors. Her name was Joe Kay. And we, once we handed them all to her, it was kind of like, oh, was that it? 
And what I learned from that moment is that you have to learn how to enjoy the journey. You have to learn how to love the journey. As uncomfortable as it may be at times and inconvenient as it may be at times, the journey is just as powerful as the destination. And if you live your whole life waiting for the destination, you will actually live no life at all. You have to learn the joy in the journey. So that's what I mean when I say your destination is not your destiny. All the married people in here today, they give you all the advice in the world on how to prepare for your wedding day. But the wedding day is just a day. They don't give you a whole lot of advice on how to be married to each other for your entire life. Can I tell you that your marriage is so much more than a wedding day? It's so much more than a wedding day. But we put all this expectation in a day. And it's important to have expectation in a day. It's good to have anticipation and to be excited for a day. But it's so much more than just one day. Can I tell you, as a parent, as a parent, it is not your goal to just be parent until they're 18. It is not a destination that you will arrive at. You never stop being a parent. It's not a goal to raise them up and send them out. You never actually stop being a parent. It's more than a destination. Enjoy the journey because you're going to be their parent for their entire life. Can I tell you, with Jesus, it's so much more than a salvation moment. It's so much more than saying a prayer. If we relegate our walk with Jesus into a just saying a prayer, we miss 99% of what it really means to follow Jesus. The prayer is important, but that's where it starts. That's where it starts, but it can't stay there. It can't stay there. You have to remain in him. I love this way. First uh, Corinthians, I don't have this for the screen. One eighteen says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Why did he say being saved and not for those who are saved or going to be saved, but being saved? He talked about present tense. Can I tell you, there's a moment in your life where you are saved and we're all on this in-between point right now where we are being saved. And one day we will be saved. That's when we're going to finally enter eternal life and we're going to enter into heaven because we've put our trust and our hope in Jesus to cover us for all of our sins. That's what the gospel is about. But we can't start it at being once we are saved and we stop right there. We have to live in this moment of being saved, being saved. It's called sanctification. It's the journey that we're all on right here in this room. It's the idea of God is leading us into an eternal dwelling. Yes, but what do I do right here while I'm on earth? To have a citizen in, citizenship in heaven is important because Philippians 3.20 says, but our, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies that they will be like his glorious body. That's what we have to look forward to. Our citizenship is in heaven. How many of y'all thankful that one day we will be together in heaven because we choose to follow Jesus? I'm thankful. But how many of y'all know that I have some things here on earth that I need some direction? I need some instructions that I can't just be the, the typical man or typical dad where I get the instructions and I throw them aside and I say, I got this all figured out. I can't approach life that way. It's important to have an eternal perspective, yes, but we can't skip the part that we've got to learn how to enjoy the journey with God and not just the destination. 
Can I say that you don't ever really arrive with God this side of heaven? Write this down today. You walk with God. You walk with God. He's our daily pursuit. You walk with God, and this is how God can use imperfect people. Because he desires more of a relationship than a transaction. This is why we must remember to remain. Because if we fixate on the destination, we miss the journey. And now I want to go to John chapter 15. That's all the introduction to get to this point. John chapter 15, verse 1. This is the context of the verse that we opened up with. I am the vine, Jesus says. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, the word that he's spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, he says. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Can I tell you, it's not about the finish line. It's about remaining. It's about remaining. You have to remember to remain. Why? Because life gets busy. Life gets heavy. And when it gets hard and we tend to want to retreat, all the men in here know what I'm talking about. you got to learn how to remain. And you have to remember to remain. Even when things are going well and you're flourishing, do not forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. Do not forget what God did for you, what he's doing through you. We can't forget. We have to remember to remain. Because we approach Christianity two different ways. And this is the main thing that I want to get across today, that we either approach it that once I get my act together, then God can use me, or I have this all figured out, and now I actually don't really even need God. And we never say this, but I'm afraid by our actions, sometimes we do. And there's this great piece of scripture written, a great book that Paul wrote. It's the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians was written to the people in Galatia to confront a belief that they were having about the law. This sect that was teaching these, it's basically he calls it a false gospel, was talking about, yeah, it's great that you follow Jesus, but now you need to do all these things in order to keep following Jesus. They talked specifically about certain feasts that people had to adhere to, certain special days of the year that they had to adhere to. And this one particular phrase that was brought up many times in the early church, and that's this word called circumcision. You can look it up. Don't look it up. (laughs) 
And what he did is he planted some seeds in the church about the true gospel, and then someone came in behind him and started planting seeds of a corrupt gospel. And he says these, these, these words in Galatians 5, verse 7. He says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? And what I find is many of us, when we decide to follow Jesus and give our lives completely over to him, we run a good race. We start off running well. But then things come out from right field or left field that start to inhibit us and hinder us from walking in the truth. This at the time period was known as the Judaizers. But you have your own Judaizers today. You have people that come to you and say, if you were really a Christian, you wouldn't do this. And you yourself says, if you really were a Christian, if I really was a Christian, then I would pray more. I'd read my Bible more. I'd do all these things more. And I would be a better Christian. Can I tell you, though, you don't become a better Christian by getting your life together. You actually become a better Christian by remembering and learning how to remain. It's not about what another person says. Well, if you are really a Christian, and this is why as a church, even as a pastor, my goal isn't to just talk about all these little pet sins that we all got to have figured out because it would be an endless monologue of me on stage talking about every little thing that we all got to have figured out. And my struggle is not your struggle. So I'd leave like half the people out in this room. And the things that God's calling me to isn't the things that God's calling you to. So there's certain disciplines that God puts upon my life because he's calling me to go in a certain direction. And there's certain disciplines that God has put on your life that you have ignored because it doesn't look like someone else's. Mine was Call of Duty when I was in high school. I felt God ask me and say, hey, you should stop playing Call of Duty. And so you know what I did? Is I started to go to all my youth students and I started to talk to them and I started saying, hey, if you really loved God, you would stop playing Call of Duty. And now Call of Duty became the focus. And I didn't teach them how to remain. See, the action that the Holy Spirit was calling me to was actually a response to me remaining and going deeper with the Lord. But I cannot lead people in that step if they first haven't learned how to remain. And I'm here to teach you and to remind you today that you need to remember to remain. You need to remember to make the first things the first things. Revelations talks about it returning to your first love. He said, you had all of these things going for you. You look so good on the outside, but you have left your first love. And I'm here to remind you today, you need to remain. You need to remain. Remain in the things of God. Why? Because this isn't something that's transactional. I got my ticket to heaven. No, 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 my friend. It is relational. And relation takes work sometimes. 
We learn about the Lord's Prayer. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Do you get your daily bread? And this isn't to condemn you. This is to encourage you. Myself, this is encouraging me today. Remember to get your daily bread. Because this is what the Israelites did. They went out when manna fell from the sky. Little flakes, little wafers, little vanilla wafers would fall from the sky. And they'd go on the ground. They'd collect them. And they'd try to collect a bunch and keep them in their house. But if they collected them and they kept more for then one day, it would end up rotting and it would turn into maggots. Each morning they had to go out to get their quote-unquote daily bread. And you need to know this today that yesterday's walk with God if not accompanied with today's walk with God, becomes rotten. We have to remember to remain. See, we go in a bad place, we get in a bad place when we know just enough about God to look like we walk with God, but inside we are far from God. And everyone's susceptible to this, myself included. I'm afraid that as we walk with God, we're not so much walking with God as much as we are getting better at looking like Christians. Because there's this thing about walking with God that you have this grace for every single person and where they're at. It's when you start to isolate yourself from walking with God that you start to forget where you come from and now you've lost all relatability because you see people where they're at and you have no ability to connect with them. Because now you look at yourself as saying, I got this all figured out. Come be like me rather than pointing them, no, be like Christ. We want to be able to point them to Jesus. That's the goal in here. Not to get little reproducers of ourselves. That's all great. But if we don't reproduce who they are in Christ first, we want to be able to reproduce who they are in Christ first. Galatians 2.20, this is in the context of the Judaizers. Paul says this, and this is the mindset that we should all have. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If this could be gained by what I did, Jesus died for nothing. And I'm afraid that we use Jesus in order to feel better about ourselves and we don't remain in Jesus. And I want to encourage you today to remember to remain. Remain in Jesus is about what Jesus has done for you, not what you can do for Jesus. Keep in step with him. Remain in him. Don't outrun him. Don't think that I can just use him to get what I want or that, hey, now that I feel better about myself, was that the goal? No, that wasn't the goal. But now that I feel better about myself, I tend to neglect the things of Christ. We all get to this point in life and then we hit rock bottom, but thank God he's the rock on which we stand. I want to remind you, remember to remain. And this is kind of, this is close to how he concludes Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus, which is us, have crucified the flesh, which is passions and desires. We have. Continue to do that. Continue to crucify your flesh of those sinful desires and the selfishness 
and the greed and the anger and the lust. You have to continue to crucify those things and make them be obedient before the cross. It says to crucify the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, what does he say? Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Sounds a lot like remaining to me. If you keep in step with the Spirit, you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. But if you take steps with your flesh, God will not be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This is what I want to remind you today. Remember to remain. Would you stand to your feet? So we started our journey with Christ knowing that we needed Jesus. And these are, this is three different areas of life. Before you know Jesus, you need Jesus. Once you know Jesus, you need Jesus. And you will need Jesus. He's that great advocate that stands up between you and ultimately what we all deserve. Jesus is the door that we must all enter in. And I want to remind you today that if you gave your life over to the Lord, salvation is more of a journey than it is a decision. And that might sound contrary to some things that we've been taught in church, but sometimes you have to keep choosing Jesus. You don't choose him once and then put him on the shelf. If anything, I would question if you even chose him. But I understand the tendencies that we have to put him on the shelves. And that's okay. It's not okay. But let's remind ourselves today that we need to keep on needing Jesus. It wasn't about just saying a prayer. It was about remaining in the vine. And this was more of a teaching message today that I wanted to remind you, and I feel like God wanted to remind you today that if you're on your lowest of lows, and even if you're having the best week and month of your life, remain in Him, and He will remain in you, and you will bear fruit. But you got to remain. What does remaining look like? It's walking with the Lord. It's your daily prayer. It's your daily bread. It's walking with the Lord. And I need someone to hear this today. I don't know who this is for today. But you are asking God this question, and he wanted to give you this answer. He loves the way you pray. And since he loves the way you pray, he wants to hear you. Remember, my friend, it's not transactional. It's relational. And you come to Jesus just like you come and talk to any other person on this earth. You have a conversation with them. So I want to lead you today to remind you to remain. So Father God, we come before you today. We thank you for your grace that is sufficient. God, I repent from anything in our lives. God, anything in our lives where we've put you maybe on the back burner. God, I pray that you would help us to learn how to enjoy the journey 
not just the destination. God, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for rescuing us from that pit that we are in and calling us into your eternal dwelling. God, we thank you for that. God, but help us not to forget that even though we're right here on earth, we need to remain in you. So Holy Spirit, won't you help us, remind us, convict us, encourage us, strengthen us, call us to be a people that know how to remain. God, let it not be a thought that goes in one ear and out the other or a religious duty that we complete on a Sunday or throughout midweek or checking off a box in the morning or a prayer we pray at night before we go to bed. But Father God, help us to know what it means to walk in the Spirit, to stay in step with the Spirit. Give us that grace. Give us that strength to know how to remain in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.